You're listening to A Journey in American English. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Unfortunately, there was a small emergency last week that prevented Chris and me from coming together to do an episode, and that's why we were absent. So, we do apologize for that. What do we want to talk about today? Today, we want to talk about infrastructure. In the previous episode, we talked about the internet, but that was more from a social perspective and not from an infrastructure perspective. In today's episode, we want to talk about infrastructure as it relates to transportation. So things like buses, trains, cars, freeways, highways, etc. Also, we want to talk about the lack of public transportation and how that negatively affects a lot of Americans in the U.S. With that being said, let's begin. So, welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a it's been a little bit longer than usual. Yeah, so two weeks, I think. So yes, yeah. Unfortunately, we were we weren't able to do an episode, so that's why we're a little late. But better late than never. So yes, um, uh, the dog and my dog ended up uh, getting into something last week he shouldn't have, and we had to take him to the vet. He's he's all perfectly fine now, but just that was just something we had to take care of last week. Yeah, that's terrible. I've had that happen to my dog too. So I don't have a dog now, but when I was a kid, and it really got into like chocolate, and that's a big no-no for dogs. Yes, I think, I think the, the worst knowledge. no-no. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. I don't know. Has anything else happened? Not so um, tragic. Not tragic. Uh, I guess it's been a couple of crazy weeks in the trucking industry, especially this last week, uh, I guess, which kind of ties into what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember if we've spoken about this before, but the there's an organization in the U.S. called the DOT or the Department of Transportation. And they mm. they regulate um, travel, interstate travel and all sorts of things in the country. When truckers are driving on the road, they'll periodically get stopped to make sure they're complying with regulations and they'll have to stop at stations and weigh their trucks to make sure they're not driving too heavy. Mm. And it was a crackdown week. They do this once a year where they'll pick like two or three things to really focus on and they'll increase stops in the country. They'll check as many people as possible as much as they can just to kind of, you know, trying to keep people honest and uh that kind of affects things in the country because there's a lot of uh truckers who don't want to gamble with that they don't want to play with the dot at all so you know uh this week was as good of a week as any to take a vacation for a lot of people so they just did <laughs> yeah i, don't, I so, thought that was the same as the dmv though the oh part. uh no Isn't, it's not oh, okay i mean maybe somewhere up the chain i'm sure they have some common uh some some sort of common boss but uh hmm. they definitely do different things yeah so the the dmv the department of motor vehicles um the department of motor vehicles there you go they clear basically where you do like you know registration work and get your license and whatnot but yeah so that ties into what we want to talk about today which is infrastructure and yes. I guess we can start with the last point I just mentioned, which is 
license. I don't know. Do you know what license costs? Like a regular driving license, what that costs in Montana? I I don't off the top of my head. I know we've talked about this before. I yeah. was thinking, oh, I don't even remember paying for one. And you were like, oh, it's like ten dollars. Like, yeah. oh, well, if it was only ten dollars, <laughs> I probably wouldn't remember. But for all I know, mine was free. I doubt it was free. Most things aren't free in this country, but I doubt it. Yeah, I think about like a month or two ago, we talked on uh, cars a little bit, but we don't want to focus too much on cars, rather on like infrastructure in general, which is today's main topic. Yes. Yeah. So I got my license, oh, maybe like 15 years ago. I had to give it up because you can't have dual license in Europe. So I have a German license and the American one costed around, I want to say 10 bucks and the German one only costed me 80 because Missouri was recognized. So they recognize some states from the United States. But generally, for most people in Europe, if you do like a real full-fledged license, it's around two grand, um, give or take. So it could be a little bit cheaper depending on where you do it and how fast you are. But but yeah, so infrastructure in the U.S., is there a point that you wanted to, to start with? Oh, man, uh, there's so much. Um, I suppose we could start with the interstate. Yeah, the interstate. Yeah, the highways. Uh, yeah, um, so I believe before. Oh, go ahead. No, go on, go on. Uh, I believe before we have our current more modern system of as straight as possible, you know, multi-lane uh, interstates. We it was more state highways and routes before that, mm-hmm. and you can definitely tell. Uh, when you have to go somewhere specifically where you have to get off the interstates, uh, they're definitely not as efficiently built. They didn't go through the terrain as much as they went around it. And some interstates mm. you know, will, you know, curl around a mountain or um, switch back up it. But I believe uh, the, the interstate project was such a huge thing with so much money behind it that they had the money to make it as good as possible as efficient as possible as convenient as possible um the the older state highways weren't really like that so um they can uh curve all over the place and have some pretty funky routes yeah i mean yeah i definitely remember that so in germany the the highways are relatively flat i mean in the u.s it's pretty typical for you to go down a very steep hill and have to go up I don't know if you've ever driven down like a really steep hill and then just have like your stomach feel like it's floating and then you yes. drive. Yeah. So like, it's kind of like you're almost floating really. Um, you don't really have that in Europe. So a lot of the highways here are pretty flat. Um, I don't know if this is universally true for the United States, but there aren't like any tolls or do you know of any like toll booths you have to pay to use like the highway? So I've never encountered a toll, but I live in Montana and there's not many people here. <laughs> uh, the toll roads are definitely a thing in this country. Um, I, I hear about it a good amount at work as well. When I'm um, kind of routing things out at work in, in the trucking industry or I'm speaking with drivers to say, well, you know, going here is whatever, but I'm going to have to pay $200 to get in and $200 oh, wow. to get out. I believe that's the fee I was told to get on to the island of Manhattan if you're a you know big semi truck. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, they don't have toll booths here, but they do in France, so they're everywhere. And 
you can't really drive in France if you don't go like onto like a toll road. It's just nearly impossible. I guess the biggest downside I would say about highways in the U.S. is that you can't really drive that fast. I would yeah, say- um, I think the highest I've ever seen is 80, and that's not common. Uh, yeah. I think a high average is normally like 70, 75. Yeah, so oh, I got to Google that really quick. I don't know what that would be in kilometers. Oh, right, miles so- per hour. <laughs> so yeah, so 120 kilometers. Uh, yeah, so that's around 75. So... So you do have around like 75 miles per hour is the limit in a lot of places in Germany. But for the most part, you can kind of drive as fast as you want. Um, unfortunately, that's getting like not as common. So, you know, because there have been a lot of accidents and it's not environmentally friendly, you know, to like drive 200 miles an hour and whatnot, which is very common, especially with, you know, people having Ferraris and Mercedes and whatnot. So, yes, I and see that's news to me because as an American, what we always hear about the Autobahn is go as fast as you want. You can stop. End of story. No qualifiers. You used to be able to, especially after World War Two, because the Autobahn, a lot of people don't know that the Autobahn was built by the socialist government in the 30s and 40s. And that was pretty much meant to like deliver war material. And so that was pretty much uh, the party's biggest achievement, I'll say, like in quotes. Um, and then so the Autobahn that you have today is kind of a leftover of that. And right after World War II, a lot of people wanted to drive. And so you just kind of, you know, you were able to go as fast as you want. And now with people being more environmentally conscious and it just being dangerous and whatnot, there are a lot of stretches of the autobahn which you just really can't uh, drive as fast as you want uh, and they've been doing a lot of construction here too so you'll be doing so like for a perfect example you'll be like doing I don't, i'll say like 120 which is pretty common and then you'll see like in one mile there is a construction site and you have to slow down to like 60 miles an hour <laughs> so oh, yeah that's pretty fast for construction yeah yeah it's, uh, you'll see that like or it'll say like give you a sign or like one or two minutes or one or two miles sorry uh, so you got to slow down pretty fast. And that's happened to me, but they give you like increments. So you say like uh, at this marker, it'll be a hundred miles. And then at this marker, it'll be 80 and then like 60. So, and then eventually you'll get to the construction stop. Uh, so, and they take that seriously. Like if you, if you get caught, I mean, that's, that's pretty bad, but it's the same in the U S I think if you hit yes. like a worker, it's like you lose your license and it's a $10,000 fee or something. And I know there's all the signs up whenever there's any kind of road work, no matter how minor or major, all fines doubled in a work area. Oh, they double. I didn't know that. I didn't know they doubled. And I think that's the minor end. You know, if you actually put someone's life in risk in an obvious situation where you should be going very slow and paying attention. Yeah, obviously. I imagine, you know, losing license or stuff like that. I think that would be like the least of your worries. Yeah. Losing your license. And... Yeah, so you have the highway, and what else? You have also have like the freeway. I mean, well, as as far as I know, uh, terms like highway, interstate, freeway, and turnpike are different words for the same thing. Are they really kind of regional? Same as how you know, um, New York and Boston have their subway. DC has the metro. It's all the same. Huh. So I was under the impression 
that a highway is generally like the fastest thing you can take with a car, you know, like that's the fastest you can drive. So you can't do like, you know, 65 and like, you know, in the city, but the highway is basically the, the place where you can drive the fastest. And I would, I always thought that like a freeway was like somewhere in the middle. It's not like the city, but it's not the highway. And so on a freeway, you can drive relatively fast. I would say like 50, 60, maybe, but you can't do like 80. And so once you get onto the highway, you can get in the 80. And at least in Missouri, a lot of freeways merge into the highway. Kind of like a ramp, I would say. Hmm. But I, I, I got to say, of all, the, of all those terms, the one I would be least sure about is uh, freeway. Oh, it looks like uh, freeway is an express highway. Yeah, it's kind of that's okay. Not... So it is a little different there, and it okay. I, I'm by no means an expert either, but <laughs> when it comes to like those terms with highway, freeway, uh, interstate, turnpike, I'm I'm completely lost. But I know that's what uh, I believe they call it the turnpike. I think it's in New Jersey, and when I was in Florida, I believe it was also called the turnpike. Yeah, that that could be that could actually be the truth, and. Uh, I guess the very famous, the, the very famous route that everyone knows is you know Route sixty six, you know that's been yes. around, that's been around for like forever, and I guess it's an American pastime to just to take that route and just you know as like like a getaway I would say. Yeah, to sightsee it, and there's yeah, uh, old timey touristy stuff on the way, and yeah, definitely. And there was another thing you told me a couple of weeks back, which I thought was super interesting. So um, for those who don't know, in the U.S., we use gallons, not liters. So a gallon should be around four liters, 3.7 liters, somewhere around there. And uh, you told me that in New Jersey, you can't pump your own gas, I believe. It's true. And I was completely shocked because... That stuff that you see in movies, you know, like old time movies from like the 70s where someone pumps your gas. And in Missouri, you pump your own gas. And Illinois, too. So and, f- and everywhere that's not Missouri. I or, <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, New Jersey. OK, <laughs> I have never, ever, ever gone to a full service gas station where someone offered to pump my gas ever. I, I think that's crazy. That's so crazy because it's. No offense to people from New Jersey or anything like that, but I don't see the point in the job. Like, I don't know, but that just really, really shocked me. I I can't remember who the politician was. I remember hearing them talk about it um, maybe even 10 years ago. Um, He was saying, oh, well, I did this and now there's more jobs. Yeah. Like, yeah, there are. They're not good jobs. They're they're jobs. Yeah, that's true. I, I can't deny that they're jobs. Yeah, that so without getting too far off track, that reminds me of a book uh, that I heard about a while back and something along the lines of bullshit jobs. I think that's the title. And basically it's by a sociologist. I don't remember his name. And he interviews a whole bunch of people and asks them, what do you think about your job? And he he really he quickly came to the conclusion that a lot of people refer to their own jobs as like bullshit jobs in the sense that maybe I earn a lot of money, maybe I don't. But I feel like my job is completely meaningless, you know, like my job could disappear and no one would really care. And it doesn't really affect, you know, economy because jobs come and go. You know, I think we all know that. But 
yeah so if anyone's really interested in those kind of things and it's an american author i believe then you can check that out but that does sound interesting because there are definitely jobs out there that uh I, I and i think the gas pumping is the epitome of that like this job doesn't need to be here this job is just an extra step you know what that reminds me of that reminds me of fight club have you seen that I'm probably going to disappoint you and many others. Uh, I've not seen Fight Club. I know what happens. I, I yeah. understand what the movie is. So I would say it's one of my favorite movies, but at the same time, I'll admit it's probably one of the most overrated too. <laughs> but there's a quote where uh, Tyler Durden, the main character, says to, uh, I think his name is Jack. And he's, he talks about how people are stuck at like these bullshit jobs. And how people just get stuck, you know, like working like tables and pumping gas. And that's what kind of reminds, that's what that with New Jersey reminded me of is, you know, just like pumping gas. But we don't have to like hound on Jersey for a whole episode. <laughs> I just thought it was, I just thought it was interesting. Mm. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, go on. But one thing I, I was kind of thinking about that yep. I, I, and I, I, we haven't had uh, an episode in two weeks. So I've had a lot of time to kind of think about this. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of what I want to talk about for infrastructure. Now that we're talking about it, <laughs> I feel like I'm actually getting ideas. I'm like, oh, have I not talked about this? Yeah. Um, this is a thing um, that I know definitely happens, especially in uh, areas of the country. You have what we call um, road construction season. Okay. Because in Montana, for example, I had frost on my car and saw some snow Mm -hmm. less than two weeks ago. And I was very upset about it because I'm very ready for warm weather. Um, So because that can happen, you have a very small window of when you can do road work in like an efficient manner. So basically think you have late September, early October. And then, you know, even then in Montana, you can get snow in September, you can get snow in early October, but realistically, that's your window to do everything. So Hmm. when you go on road trips, you'll see, oh, half the highway is closed, got to, you know, go 25 miles an hour here and drive between these, this little route they've mapped out for us or. Yeah, um, everything in town will be torn up for the entire summer and it's a pain to get anywhere yeah that's that sounds terrible um they kind of have that here but they really take their time doing construction i mean they'll work on a side of the highway for like three or four years um oh wow yeah yeah they I was just... gonna say don't worry they take their time they, they like to have <laughs> things closed as long as they can but not that long yeah so infrastructure so like we were so we talk about like uh like highways and cars and whatnot and so I don't know if you don't have like another point, like I want to kind of transition to like, like public transportation because that's it, also part of infrastructure and how lacking it is because it's in, so lacking. It didn't even cross my mind until now. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're from like a major city. So I'd like to throw a couple out there, like from like New York city or from like Austin or stuff like that. Public transportation, I would say is either non-existent or extremely pathetic in that if you, I was I was watching, I think it was from John Oliver a while back, and they were talking about public transportation and stuff like that, or about I think it was about cars, and she's like, I don't have a car, so I'll take a bus, and if I were to take a car to work, it would take me like 10, 15 minutes, which or twenty minutes, which is a decent drive, but she said my car doesn't work, 
so I have to take a bus. And then I have to take that bus, take another bus, take another bus, take another bus. And it takes me like two hours. But with a car, it would take me 15 minutes. <laughs> Which, in my mind, demonstrates how poor the infrastructure is for public transportation. Yes. And even walkways in a lot of... Because my mind would go to, well, why wouldn't you walk at that yeah. point? Americans um, don't walk. <laughs> Americans. I mean, some of us do. I, I know people who walk to work uh, a decent distance. But okay, the thing true. is, I, I've heard people complain. It's not been so much of a problem in my city, but I know some places are not very pedestrian friendly at all. Like there's just no sidewalk or no path at all for them to walk on. Yeah. So you could walk to work, but, you, you know, I think technically what you'd be doing is illegal. Like you could get stopped and questioned like, hey, why are you just walking in the road? Well, because there's nothing else. Yeah. That... Or you might get hit by a car. Yeah. That reminds me of the people who walk along the highway. <laughs> And I've seen that a lot. And I did that in Germany because I had to get home. And I had no idea how like it worked here. And I was walking along the, the German equivalent of a freeway. And I was I was walking along the freeway and like some police car stopped me and he's like, What are you doing? I was like, I'm walking. And there was like a little strip on the side of the road, you know, like the shoulder. And yeah. so I I thought like, oh well, it's a shoulder, I'll just walk. Cause I would do that in the US too, and no one ever stopped me. Uh, but now I know it's in the U.S. and in Germany. You know, it's not something you should do. <laughs> but in the U.S., you sometimes you don't have no, you don't have any choice. Um, I remember the first time ever taking a bus or like a train or anything was in Europe. I'd never I'd never even seen a train before except on TV. As in a, a subway or underground train or like any kind over- of train. Any? Yeah, oh, wow. I mean, I've seen like trains that transport like transport like coal and wood. Like those kind of trains, but I had never actually seen like a physical passenger train until I had come to like you know Europe, and I had never actually been in one either, and I've I'd never actually taken like a bus. Like I took you know, probably like you did too. I took like a school bus, but I don't really count that as public transportation because unless you go to the school, you can't use it, so it's not really public. Right. But no, that was the first time for me. Um. I remember I was so enthralled the first time I, I rode on the subway. It was in Boston. I think I was 10 or so years old. Yeah. Uh, I was, I, I, looking back, everyone else was not. Uh, I would try and just stand in the middle of the car and not hold on to anything and see if I could stay upright. Yeah. So they're referring to subways. So that kind of gets me into like the next point. There is this conspiracy theory, and I'm not sure if it's actually true or um, if it's really just a conspiracy, but it's kind of been making the rounds in the past couple of, I would say decades. And basically it's after World War II, uh, you had like a lot of companies. So for example, like General Motors that slowly started buying up uh, the railway companies and the railway tracks and whatnot in various cities, like in New York and in like in Texas and in uh, California And they slowly started buying up all these companies and liquidating them, basically, you know, so destroying the competition. And the theory goes that they bought up all these companies. So people would be kind of forced to like buy cars because, you know, like car companies profit from people buying cars. It's obvious. It's their bread and butter. And I don't know if you've I don't know if that rings a bell or if you've heard of that at all. You know, it rings a very vague bell. 
honestly, knowing how uh, businesses have been known to do things, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me too much. And uh, but I can't say for certain if that's true. I'm not certain if it's true or not. I had to Google, and I'm really, I, I'm really not exactly sure if that's if that's actual reality. But it's a, it gets me thinking though, because definitely after World War II, that's when the U.S. made the switch from driving stick to a driving automatic because most Americans don't drive stick. They drive automatic. Whereas in Europe, it's the opposite. Like no one here drives an automatic. And um, yeah. So because of that, there just isn't like a lot of public transportation. Not at all. Um, In Billings, which uh, I think, I think we have a population of like 110,000, 120,000, something like that. It's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. We have a bus. A bus, just one. I mean, we have more than one bus. Okay. But we have a, a bus system. It's okay, and it's not particularly incredible. It's okay. Um, I had a friend who used to take the bus to work. You know, he still has to walk a bit, but it's one of those things. If you happen to live near one of the stops, and where you're going is near one of the stops, it's probably amazing. Yeah, it's just very unlikely that that's true. And I've never used it. I've seen a lot of buses that were for like seniors like senior citizens, for example, that'll pick them up and take them to wherever they need to go. But it's really, you know, it's like they, they go like once a day or something. Oh, yeah. Those are, um, I'm familiar with those. Those are shuttles usually yeah, yeah. run by their uh, retirement homes they're living in. Exactly. So when I used to work at a grocery store here, what they would do is, you know, they'll say, hey, the shuttle is going to this grocery store, you know, say Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday or whatever. And they would just, you know, drop everyone off, let them do their grocery shopping and pick them up and take them back. Mm, yeah, exactly. But I don't know if I would really count that as like public transportation. Oh, it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but like that is probably like one of the most un-American things ever, I would say, is public transportation. And I think Americans like really rebel against something that like tries to pull them together. It's kind of like herding cats, you know, like trying to get trying to get like cats to agree on something is nearly impossible. And I think some people feel like public transportation would be like forcing them to use a system because I do remember that Obama, when he was in office uh, ages ago, he tried to implement like public transportation. He tried he had like this massive railway system he wanted to have implemented that would like connect California and New York and whatnot. And I mean, we all know how that turned out. So <laughs> it's just, I don't think Americans are really that interested in public transportation. But Which I don't, is sad because it yeah. sounds great. It um, is. Passenger rail in this country that's not like intracity subway mm. systems are pretty dead. I will say um, this is something that's been kind of uh, formulating in Montana for the last year or so. There have been word... And people are working on this. And oh, man, I, re- I really just wanted to happen. They're working on putting together a Montana passenger rail system. We already have a lot of rail here. Montana moves a lot of freight on the rails. Yeah. Um, there's rail yards everywhere. Um, and, you know, most people wouldn't consider the major cities. But for Montana, we have like our major cities, you know, Missoula, Butte, Bozeman, Helena, Billings. And I might be forgetting one or two. And the idea was oh, you can just take a passenger rail over to Bozeman for the weekend or over to Butte for the weekend or or whatever. And it would be kind of a fun little experience. And 
you know, you don't have to worry about driving for, you know, driving to Missoula is about six hours. Bozeman's only two. So that's not too bad. That's whatever. But still, it would be fun mm. to take a passenger train. I would love to do that. Oh, so would I. Like, I don't think people should get the impression that there is absolutely no public transportation in the U.S. whatsoever. But the biggest, I would say the biggest thing you could say is it's very fractured. There's no unified system. It's, so each city has its own system. It has its own fares. Um, it has its own name. Some cities might have like a very good network. Some cities might, uh, might not. Whereas in like a lot of European countries. So if you take, for example, like Germany, um, you have the German railway system, railway system, and it's completely unified. And so it doesn't matter where you are in Germany at all. Like it, it, it has the same name. You pay the same rates um, and it's all connected. You have the same bus system. So the bus system in the northern part of Germany is the exact same one in the southern part or in the east or in the west. It's not like you have like 20 different companies that have like 20 different rates. Um, it's all unified. So it, it's all you'll always know how to use it no matter where you are. Whereas in the U.S., um, you'll have to memorize like the lines or you'll have to memorize the prices or uh, this and that. But like I said, in, yes. in, in Germany, it's just completely unified. So it's very, it's the easiest thing in the world to use. But it's not like it's unique to Germany. I mean, if you go to France and I've been there too, it's the exact same way, you know? So it's not like each city has its own uh, railway system in that in that sense. I but, remember uh, when I was, well, I'm still planning on going to Japan at some point, but I was when I was really researching how that would work, Yeah. Um, I was learning about the travel passes you could buy yeah. Where you activate them and then you just you're good to go for like two weeks and it's like there's a couple different companies that run in the country maybe two or three but mm -hmm. um you'll be like okay you've activated it you can use all the subway in tokyo you can take the bus um you can use you know you can take the train to whatever wherever you want to go in the country and it mm -hmm. even works on some fares on some boat fares yeah and i was like wow that is incredibly convenient it's just, yeah, it's the same here. You have the same system. You can buy a ticket, and there there are many different ty types of tickets you can buy. So I'm not going to get to all of them, but you can buy one that allow you to use like buses, trains, subways, and so it's, you pay like a flat fee, and then you can use like this ticket for like a month or for like a week or for like a day, depending on which you know which uh, plan you buy. And it's awesome. And so basically, you buy once, and you don't have to think about it. Like you just get on the train. And so if you see your train coming, you just run in and you just, just like jump in through the doors. And so I've done that plenty of times. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty sad that there isn't like a lot of public transportation in the U.S. It would be incredible, but uh, I think it's going to be one of those things that's just going to, if it ever happens, it's going to take a lot of time. Oh, definitely. But I think America is a car culture, so... Yes. The chances of that happening anytime soon are very, very minute, I would say. Yes. And also, um, for what it's worth, it makes rail a little more difficult in the country with the Rocky Mountains, you know, slicing yes. a good part of the country off. I mean, there's ways around it, and I'm sure there's tunnels for certain trains, but it, yeah. uh, it definitely causes some problems with navigation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but that would be awesome to take a, like a train or anything from like New York to California and be there in like, you know, like 12 or 15 hours or something. I don't know. I have no idea how long that would last, but that, that's an interesting idea, I would say at the least. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Want it 
very badly. I, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've looked at the map and just imagined how nice it would be to be able to just take a train somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's possible. I mean, you can, but you would have to like hop, you know, you would have to use one system, get off that system, go to another system, get off that system and so on and so forth until you reach your destination. Um, I'm sure you could probably take like a Greyhound bus or something, you know, to like, you could do that, but yeah, I... but that's, <laughs> I've heard it's pretty a miserable way to travel. Is it? I've never used it, <laughs> but it sounds pretty bad. Um, I don't know, even the name Greyhound, you know, like the sort of skinny dogs that are like just skin and bones. Basically, they're very fast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're super fast. Apparently, they're very, very uh, friendly and affectionate, though. Are they? I don't know. I'm not really good. I'm not like I'm a dog person, but I'm not like really knowledgeable about the different dog breeds. But yeah, so like, do you have any other points that we wanted to touch on for infrastructure? Because we did like the cars and then like the public transportation. Well- I guess there is this kind of story I wanted to share because yeah, sure. I think it's kind of unique. Mm. Um, it is a road work story, but uh, it's kind of in a unique place. Yeah. So we, we kind of discussed about how there's road work season in this country, mm. in northern states. And in just lots of places, it's not necessarily road work season. It's just road season. Mm-hmm. There would be so much snow any other time of year, they just close it. And Yellowstone National Park is like that. You can go to Yellowstone in the winter, but I think like three quarters of it gets closed off. It snows so much there. The, it would, it's just impossible to maintain. And so, and it's a pretty extreme area um, geographically. Lots of hill, hills, mountains, and all those things. So I remember when I went a few years ago, and they had all these, you know, construction vehicles on tracks. And I saw this guy, he was backing up a dirt hill. Uh-huh. I swear it was probably, I think he was going up like a 55 degree hill backwards on like loose dirt. And it looked terrifying. I was like just waiting for the dude to, you know, for some of that dirt to give or some of the traction to give and him to just like fall down the side of this hill. But I, I imagine after doing that as long, you know, for as long as they were that season, they had to get used to it or they just couldn't do it. And the roads there are so narrow Mm. because, you know, it's, I suppose they could improve the infrastructure there, but it's Yellowstone National Park. You're trying to leave as small of a footprint as you can. So they'll have to like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but they'll, they'll stop traffic. They'll form a line and they'll, they'll, they'll have two people at either end radio each other and say hey it's your turn uh-huh. so then they'll let a line through of traffic on a single lane let oh, say like... 20 or 30 cars through stop it and then they'll radio say hey that was the last one let yours through oh yeah no i've had that i mean not in the u.s maybe i have but i've definitely had that here um yeah that's pretty bad but you but you said improving infrastructure that that reminds me of something i wanted to touch on too which is I don't know if you saw that episode with John Oliver um, where he also talked about infrastructure. And I remember about, uh, bridges. Yeah, bridges and how bad they are. And when I remember them from where I am and you, and you look at like the base of the bridges and like the support beams and support columns 
and how they're just crumbling or they rusted because of the ream bar. And so a lot of bridges use ream bar. And for those who don't know what that is, it's basically um, you, if you just use concrete plates and you build something with that, they don't have like a lot of strength. So you can easily break them and you have to reinforce that. And usually that's done by putting like metal bars in a grid pattern. Um, and that's like a typical way of, or was a typical way of constructing like bridges and buildings and whatnot. The problem is, is once the concrete like breaks at some point, water can seep in and it'll cause like the ream bars to like expand and rust. And the bridge, then the bridge becomes more and more and more unstable to eventually where it just collapses basically. Yeah. And just like, or the, like the dams. I don't know. Do you remember that? Yes. It's yeah. all very terrifying. Yeah. Like the, the sea of the dams in the U S is also pretty bad but and and yeah. the thing that's so scary about it is they're everywhere uh how many bridges i i maybe i have a slightly skewed outlook on it because yeah i guess i technically live in a river city billings is built alongside the yellowstone river but it's not like i cross it mm. very often it's kind of on the outside of town there's a, some stuff on the other side but not very much but there's a good amount of bridges here still um, I can think of like seven off the top of my head, I guess. And it's terrifying to think, you know, that's just what I have here. And I'm multiplying that by the size of the. And there's that many bridges possibly yeah. being neglected and only a matter of time before gravity wins. Yeah, it is pretty terrifying. I mean, I've never had like a bad experience with the bridge before in the US, but when you think about how neglected they are, and you see it too. You see like a lot of bridges have not like had any maintenance forever because uh, as like, you know, John Oliver rightly puts in the episode, it's not very sexy <laughs> to like do maintenance for like a bridge or anything. It's a lot more fun to build stuff. So a lot of these bridges were built in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and just no one ever really did anything about them. And they're basically like ticking time bombs, I would say. Yes. And I think uh, I haven't really seen anything here that would make me super worried, but I mm. think part of that is due to something else I want to talk about, yeah, which is just due to the nature of how this country was founded and how um, the, po- the expansion of population happened. Uh, Eastern United States is much more populated, of course, and that's where people were. F- oh, yeah. In the oh, East? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So of course. Sorry, I, I, I mixed directions. Yeah, okay, because like New England and everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So all the infrastructure over there is older. And huh. as as you go west, buildings get, you know, on average, start getting newer. Infrastructure is getting newer. Um, hmm. And so in Montana, a lot of stuff here, I won't say everything's new, but I would consider... A house from like the 1950s or 60s a pretty old house and i know as you go east that's like oh that's starts to become more average too yeah that's true uh, um i think i have some family who they're working on selling their house in the kansas city area which isn't even that far east oh. but it's pretty east compared to here and i mm-hmm. think theirs was like 80 80 maybe 90 years old and they're like oh yeah that's just normal yeah, so that you touched on a couple of points that uh, that that made me think a little bit. 
And I never really considered the fact that the Eastern United States is older than the Western United States, but honestly, it's actually pretty obvious if you paid attention in school, but <laughs> I kind of forgot that. So yeah, the buildings in the East would definitely be a lot older than in the West. Um, but another thing you said about like the houses, like from the fifties and sixties and them being somewhat, you know, that would be considered old. Another thing with infrastructure, but this would be public infrastructure in my opinion, but more along private infrastructure. And that is the construction materials that are used for housing in the United States. And Americans use a lot of wood to build stuff, which yes. to Europeans is a very foreign concept because no one uses wood here. You don't use wood like build to build anything here, really. Um, the only thing that wood would be used for in a house is the roof. And that's pretty much it. Uh, everything else is made out of steel and concrete. And because of that, you have houses here that are 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 years old. Like almost nothing here is made out of wood. And I told that to like a lot of my friends here. They're like, yeah, why don't you use wood? It was like, why would you use wood? You know, like it's not going to last. Because if you have like, you know, like a, the U.S. is, you know, uh, disaster prone, like natural disaster prone. So you have like a lot of, like where I'm from, there are a lot of tornadoes. So, mm -hmm. I mean, the first tornado in your house is gone basically or like the first earthquake and your house is gone although i haven't had actually that many earthquakes where i'm from but you know what i mean so i, I wonder if i have a couple ideas of yeah. what might be going on there so first of all um especially moving west in in the country people just had to um especially a lot of homesteaders they just stopped picked a spot and mm. had to build a home so they wouldn't have access to steel, concrete, and those kind of things there. They would have wood. So yeah. they build their houses out of wood. So I can see how that would just continue. That's what, you know, that's what they knew. That's what their um, grandfather and, and such did when they built a, a home. So why wouldn't you do that? And I'm also wondering if it might be a cultural difference where hmm. when, especially since uh, in comparison to the U.S., Europe is fairly densely populated and has a very rich and storied history i wonder if there is a well if i'm going to build this here i want it to stay here i want it to last i want this to sit for the next 200 years like the building across the street from me i i don't really know if there's that kind of thinking here hmm yeah so it's funny you mentioned like population size in europe because i double checked to be sure and the U.S. has around 330 million people, and the European Union, which is more or less the size of the U.S., um, I think it's slightly bigger, maybe slightly smaller, has a population of around 440 million, so to kind of give you like an idea, and yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a legitimate point that probably, you know, it's just the easiest thing to find was wood, so you just stick, stick with what you know, whereas in Europe... Um, a lot of buildings especially like from the middle ages onward were more or less made of like stone or something so they just that's why you have a whole bunch of castles here you know because you don't build a castle out of wood you build it out of stone and the castles you know they're from like the fifth and sixth and seventh century so they're pretty old um but yeah that's that's the general the the general consensus is that you just use like a lot of stone here but you don't really have like a lot of space either 
So the houses here compared to like the US are very small. And like the house that my mom has in the US, like you you couldn't get that here. And it's like, it's just an average house or the house I grew up in, I should say, not the current one. It's just mm-hmm. an average house um, that pretty much any American would have. But th- that amount of land <laughs> is like unthinkable in Europe. Like you couldn't, like if you imagine like your backyard, like a typical American backyard, you can't have that here. So, uh, you well, just no, have... it's just wasted space, right? There well, could just be another house there. Pretty much, like the, the the backyard of the house where I used to grow up in, that's big enough f- for you to put another house in. I mean, it's that big. <laughs> so that then that then that's crazy. And typically, backyards here are around the size of, uh, what would be a good reference point? Because I don't know what it would be in square. I have to I have to Google real quick because I don't know what it would be in square meters. So um, I was gonna say I, I I think I can handle square meters. You don't have to convert it. Yeah, I think so, I'm okay on meters. <laughs> yeah, so it would be around like 300 square meter or sorry not 300 sorry like around 30 40 square meters, which translates to around like 330 340 square feet more or less, and that would probably be the average size of a garden in 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 Europe or at least in Germany, in the region I'm in. But there are plenty of parts where you just, you don't have a garden, you know, you just have an apartment, so. All right, maybe a little windowsill garden at yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or a community garden, that's very popular. But that would also be very normal, I would say, in places like New York or Boston, where, you know, it's a big city, it's dense, you don't have a lot of space. And that's pretty much all of Europe. <laughs> It's like you have no space here. <laughs> so yes, I gotta say that does sound awful. Um, oh, it's terrible. I remember I when it. I went when I went to Washington D.C. on my high school senior trip. We stayed in a hotel in downtown D.C. It was great. It was a it was a great trip. But I just mm. remember thinking the whole time, like, oh my god, I just can't be alone here. Because like, there's people everywhere. Naturally, everywhere we go, there's we were going to museums and tourist attractions and all those things. And back at the hotel room, I'm on a school trip. So, you know, I'm sharing a hotel room with two or three other people. Yeah. And um, I've gotten a little bit better about it, but I definitely want to be able to just go away. Like just escape for a while. Yeah, that's and true. If I don't have that option, I start to feel a little suffocated definitely didn't have that option there yeah so i mean obviously like there are rural areas in in europe i mean europe is a, is a huge place just like the united states so you, so you definitely don't want to overgeneralize. but what you can say is res- proportional to the country you have a lot less space so it's just you have a lot less to work with and so a lot of the buildings here are uh put together so in the u.s it's very typical to have like a freestanding house so you basically like between your house and the next person's house, let's say there's around, I don't know, like 30, 40 feet, maybe like whatever, but there's space between those two houses and that in Europe isn't super typical. And so a lot of the houses here are just connected to one another. And so you'll have like a good half a mile of just houses connected to one another where there's no space. <laughs> so if the one house catches fire, then it spreads pretty quickly. I was going to say that uh, sounds like a. Yeah. 
Well, I think I have one more point I would like to sure, put on shoot. infrastructure. Yeah. So uh, I can't remember if we spoke about this last week on the podcast or not, but and it kind of ties into the internet we were talking about last mm-hmm. week. Um, the next step going forward for internet uh, quality, at least right now, with satellites uh, popping up, it may may change. Yeah. Um, is is uh, fiber optics. And fiber oh, yeah. optics is great. It's not very expensive to maintain and it's very fast. The catch is you need infrastructure for it, which involves digging up uh, under the road in your entire city and laying down physical fiber optic lines, which hmm. are glass. So you have to be careful with them. And if they break, you'd have to go, you know, dig back in. And I don't even know if you could repair it. You probably just have to replace a good solid chunk of the line oh wow yeah you i I don't know if you mentioned that but yeah that's definitely a valid point the u.s doesn't have the fastest internet which is kind of interesting um you would think that i believe without cheating i think it's estonia or like maybe one of those countries in in europe they have the fastest korea also has very fast internet um but germany definitely doesn't the internet here is just I don't want to say it's slow because I'm happy with my internet speed, but it's definitely not super fast. Um, hey, I wasn't afraid of cheating, and I looked it up. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> Taiwan. Is it Taiwan? Okay. It's Taiwan, followed by Singapore, Jersey, and then Sweden. Oh, I wasn't even close then. Oh, okay. So now I feel bad. <laughs> but with Taiwan, that doesn't surprise me. They're a very uh, advanced country. Yes. Um, Same with Singapore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. Such a small country, but it's super powerful. Um, I don't even know if it's a country, though, so much as it is a city. I I believe it's a city-state. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a city-state because it's incredibly small. Um, And you said Jersey? Yes. Oh, okay. I I don't... I'm I'm not going to pretend I know where Jersey is. I think that's Uh, off the coast of England, um, if that's what you're referring to. But, yeah. So... That's very interesting, actually. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But people often say, like, you know, oh, Korea, they have, like, the fastest internet speed, or I, I don't know. But- Honestly, looking at the numbers I saw, they were looking a little low. I would bet they're an overall nationwide average. Yeah, probably. So you might be able to get better in other places, but I think that might just be high average. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh yeah, so that's all from my side, basically. I don't know if you have like another point you want to touch on real quick before you know we get off here. No, I believe I hit everything I wanted to hit. All right, perfect. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting talking about infrastructure in the U.S., something we go on for ever, really. <clears throat> so um, next week we won't be here um, because we have a couple of engagements, but we'll be back in two weeks. So if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, as always, let us know. And take care. Bye. Take care, everyone. Bye. <laughs>